0: Hello, You found us.
1: Welcome to Emergency Protocol, a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. We are your hosts, Denise
0: and Jackie Fried. That's my mama.
1: And that's my baby.
0: We are sharing our 12 steps reimagined for today's society.
1: And our bumpy, pothole-ridden spiritual paths.
0: And we're bringing you along for the ride.
1: This is us doing the actual work.
0: When the shit hits the fan, you know it's time for
1: Emergency, Emergency Protocol. Protocol.
0: Okay. Hydrated?
1: Hydrated. Had a sip. Six one of us. Well, you have some Pirate's Chai. I finished that. Okay. I guess that counts. Counts as liquid. Yep. Not water. It's not water. Drink your water. I need to drink my water. Hi, Hi. everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this water episode of Emergency Protocol.
0: Dehydration. (laughs) Just kidding. Central. (laughs) We're out of practice, clearly.
1: We've been off for two and a half weeks. Actually, probably three weeks now. Yeah, three weeks. Jackie and I and her grandmother, my mom, Mm -hmm. went on a two-week trip to Denmark and Sweden.
0: It was so good. It was
1: so good. And also, Jackie, me, and my mom went on a two-week trip to Sweden. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I went with my Together. mom, and she went with her mom, and uh-huh. I went with her grandmother, and she went with her grandmother. So yep. like, that's how. And we went with Jackie. So like, all of us lived with each other for two solid two weeks. weeks. And I love you, and thank God we had our own room.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> Worth every. Penny. Good (laughs) foresight. And then we came back from our trip.
1: Uh, So I do want to say, like, going into this trip of—the thing about travel that I love is just seeing how other people live. Yeah. And seeing what— that kind of daily life. Like we took a few trips out of the area to like more rural, not rural, but suburb streets that were not in city center to yeah. see how people lived. And it was really interesting. Yeah. I will have to say everything is super clean. So clean. And, and people were nice and safe. Like never, I never once felt unsafe. No, not even nowhere. No, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, there was a, that one point where I think I was like the seediest thing that I felt was outside of the main train station kind of near Tivoli, but even that didn't feel unsafe.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of people going around. It's just like they were a bit more... "Quote unquote, like vagabond vibe creatures coming and
1: going. Yeah, but it was like I don't know. I just didn't feel unsafe. I didn't feel like anybody was going to come and do anything. Like yeah. in some places where you're being pickpocketed or targeted mm-hmm. or whatever. And being train stations to buy
0: little light up glowy toys. Yes. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, at least not that we saw. Maybe no. we weren't in areas where those things happen. Yeah,
1: but um, yeah, we got to see some beautiful countryside and some. Great little houses. The thing that struck me too was like how um how much space they allow for space and how much space they allow for house. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, outside of the castles and mm-hmm. a few of the bigger things, which weren't I would say that many. Yeah, most of the homes were very modest size. Yeah. But had nice yards mm-hmm. and space. They were well-maintained. Outdoor space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seemed like people were living within their means. And there were definitely some, like, when we got into horse country, there were some some compounds, there for sure. some compounds. But I'm like, was we, could yeah. we could live there. We could live there. Then I was like, no. I want to live at the one with the mini ponies. Oh, my
1: gosh. Mini ponies. They were just, ugh.
0: I got to say, mini ponies as a pit stop on, like, a 20-mile bike ride, highly recommend.
1: Yep. Especially if you have apples. Oh, Yes. Adorable. So, we had a great trip. We had a really wonderful trip. We sure did. Um, I do have to say, before we left on the trip, one of the people that I manage, Mm -hmm. manage a lot of people, and one of the people I manage who is a a bigger-than-life kind of person who brings a lot to the table, was in a terrible accident and was in a coma before I left. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that kind of weighed really heavy. It was not like... You know, where I was dwelling on him, but he was on my mind pretty much all day, every day. Yeah. And so I feel like I didn't have the kind of sense of wonder and joy that I might have had had I not been, like, wondering how he was doing the whole time. Yeah. And checking in on how he was doing the whole time. And and I
0: kind of felt that from you because normally she's, like, rose-colored glasses, like – well, especially she, Denise loves a church.
1: I loves do. Loves a foreign
0: church. American churches? So pissed less about that damn church. Interested. We're just yeah. going to have to go back. The yes. marble church will still be there. That's right. Yeah, but you weren't really like, oh, it's like that kind of like giddiness. Yes. I think was missing, and I don't know that I fully paid attention to it, but I definitely was like—
1: Hmm.
0: Is this the setting? Is it the company? Is it the?
1: Yeah, I think it was just the weight of knowing that knowing this that person our I is care. Dying. Yes. Yeah. And Which literally sucks. came back, went to the office Thursday, and he passed away you that know, Friday in the early morning. Yeah. And then because I manage all these people, I am one of the people that people come to with their grief, right? And and mm-hmm. I also had my own grief, and we were all sharing it with each other. And you know, we had a service for him. This week, yeah, and it felt really good to have that on Thursday and have some closure around it because yeah, and, and the weight just be together of that, and yeah. talk about him, And talk about him, yeah. and what and a also person he was, yeah, and also what a shithead he could be, yeah, I like all of the things that make right. us human, acknowledging all yes. of it,
0: yeah. yes, and also you know we the service started at one o'clock. In Westwood, mm-hmm. I didn't leave the office till like when we, we went back to Santa Monica to our office to gather, and I didn't leave there till like five thirty for a group of realtors to congregate like that from like one to like six. I was on there a until eight. Oh, she was there till eight. So. Like that's remarkable that everybody not only chose to but like you know made the you know made the time. Who's a special person?
1: Yeah. And there was a lot of people, and it was nice to have that space to congregate. And this was a person who loved bringing people together, so I think he would have really appreciated that. And I wrote about this in my newsletter to all the people I managed, that his final act was bringing together everybody in that Mm. space, which is what one of the things he loved to do and was always talking to me about. So that felt really good. So that is to say— We've been through a little bit of stuff. Been like been through a little bit of stuff. High, really high and really low stuff yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: On top of the vacation come down.
1: On top of re-entry, and which always sucks. Like jet lag. And jet lag. Yeah. Because we were gone. We were on a new time schedule.
0: We were gone for two weeks. Yeah. Like we were yeah. settled in.
1: And also one of the things that about being gone for that long and the price we pay physically and financially Mm -hmm. and mentally for doing that. yeah, I'm really glad that I did on the heels of losing my friend and coworker is like making the time because we were all like, this is a lot of time and this is a lot of money and this is a lot, right? And the weight of not doing it would be worse than the whatever of doing it. One million percent. And so I think the lesson of this guy who did live i mean he he lived yeah. you could just put that on his epitaph like this is yeah. <laughs> he lived and i feel like you know life is for living mm-hmm. right so i'm really glad that we did that i'm really glad we did that with my mom who was was a, a celebration for her a milestone birthday mm-hmm. and I wish your sister was there with us because it was really a girls' trip. We were just doing uh, the girls, and it yeah. was nice. I, but I thought about uh, the bean every the bean. day. I missed I missed having the, the rest of the girls, my girls, there with us. Yeah. So we're not talking at all now about these 12 Steps Reimagined, <laughs> but, you know, hey, we're only, uh, le- I don't know, however many minutes in, and <laughs> here we are, eight minutes. Okay. Yeah. Catching you guys up to speed on the Freed Situation before we dive in, because then we can refer back and you'll know what the heck we're talking about. Yes. So, guess what? We're on step 12. Wow. What the heck? We did it. We did. We're doing things. We are.
0: We got a lot more coming too.
1: Yes. So, as we've talked about, we rewrote these 12 steps. We call them the 12 steps reimagined.
0: Okay. 12 steps reimagined. Here we go. Number one, we are not okay. We have not been okay, we are not getting better on our own. Number two, we believe we are worthy of getting better and that things will get better. Number three, we trust that something bigger is taking care of us. Number four, with courage, honesty, and curiosity, we write the stories of the fears, shame, and resentments we carry with us. Number five, With vulnerability and integrity, we share this inventory with someone safe and trustworthy. Number six, we trust that we will be guided to recognize thoughts and behaviors that no longer serve us or the greater good. Number seven, our actions are based in humility and in service of our highest and best selves. Number eight, we list each of the harms we've caused that require amends. Number nine, we seek healing for the wounds we have caused through direct amends, except for when doing so would cause further harm. Number 10, we maintain a daily practice of reflection, amends, and forgiveness. Number 11, we welcome mindfulness, grace, and gratitude into our thoughts and behaviors.
1: That brings us to 12. To 12. The old language of step 12 is, Mm -hmm. having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The new twelve step or the reimagined twelve step is
0: mm. number twelve. Awakened to our higher selves, we apply this practice and share our experience, strength, and hope with others. There you go. There we go.
1: All right. So twelve is kind of like, all right, we've we've done a, a lot of this work from one to eleven. Mm-hmm. We've had some sort of awakening to to ourselves, to something bigger, mm-hmm. and um, we'll just dissect this language a little bit. So awakened to our higher selves. I actually like you to start with that because mm-hmm. I just want to hear what that felt like, looked like.
0: It kind of goes goes back to my meditation practice, which right now has become me closing my eyes and going... The universal mother is taking care of me and having that moment, right? Feeling into that and letting that kind of energy, frequency, whatever, settle over my body, settle over my mind, like leaning. I've been leaning on that a lot and recognizing that I am not separate from the universal mother either, right? There, It's this higher power and it's also me, like I am the universal mother and leaning into that goodness, leaning into that love, leaning into that nurturing, and not bottling that away when hard things happen, like continuing to flow. Every single person I said goodbye to at our party on Thursday, mm-hmm. it was a party. We'll it call it a party. party. It was a party it was for, a our, for our bud. Yes. And I said I love you to every single person that yeah. I— that I love, yeah, right. Because it's true, and I mean it. Somebody said that about our friend who passed in in the service. It's like he, if he loved you, you knew it, and he loved a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel very much the same way. Like I have so much love to give. I'm here to love on people. Yeah, and so I've just been holding on to that as my tether during this time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because they had little notes you could leave, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a box yeah. there, letters you could write. And I wrote that he knew I loved him and I knew he loved me, mm. and that's all that matters, mm. right? And that really is all that matters when it comes down to it is like, did you love and were you loved, right? Like, yeah. all the rest of this stuff is just whatever. Like,
0: the other stuff comes and goes, it goes it's and not, goes. It's, yeah,
1: <laughs> right. And kind of talking about that, you know, leaning into having something to be tethered to, mm. I was talking to another person, they were questioning, like, why does God do this? To, you know, and really angry mm-hmm. at uh, God. And well, for me, this is not the time where I push God away or whatever mm-hmm. my higher power is. This is the time where I need to lean in and go, like, you got to have me here because I, you know, don't know how to process, We especially grief. We're not really well versed in how to process grief, except Mm -mm. that I think that the, the communal gathering and the act of sharing food and drinks and stories and tears and hugs and all of that kind of communal, I think a lot of the wisdom traditions have some sort of communal gathering so that people can... Feel like they can say goodbye in a way that's not alone. Right. But when well, you know when my brother died, these steps really only took me so far. There was mm-hmm. still a whole lot of other stuff that I had to unpack because yeah. of that kind of relationship. Right. So, you know, anger and resentment and mm-hmm. fear and sorrow and heartbreak and like just, uh, you know, woulda, yeah. coulda, shoulda's and all that stuff. And
0: the normal stages
1: of <laughs> yeah. grief, right?
0: Bargaining, yeah. denial.
1: But I also d- needed to reach out to f- some outside help and I found yeah. a place called Our House. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they had a sliding scale because I wasn't doing well financially at the mm-hmm. time and I could be part of a group. And we were all grouped together as siblings, and we could process this grief that we were each experiencing for all different—the ways that our siblings passed were all very, very different, Mm -hmm. but the feelings that we had were all very similar. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what we talk about here is like— our stories in these 12 steps are going to be very different in yeah. how we relate to these words to what we're internalizing. Right, But the feelings around a lot of it are so similar. The way mm-hmm. that we feel about ourselves, the way we feel about others, the way we process things are very universally human. And yeah. so the awaken to our higher selves, for me, and I, and I talked about this way back in the beginning, like God was not a, a thing that I was looking to build any kind of relationship with when mm-hmm. I first got sober. It was like, I'm going to do all these things, but the God part. <laughs> right. Right. I do not want to do the God part. That's not for me. And it could not be for me, right? Mm-hmm. It could not be for you. That is fine. Right. There are other things that I used in place of the capital G, God, in order to feel a sense of something bigger, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be labeled God, but that felt good. And then we wrote, we apply this practice. I feel like there's an action in that, Mm -hmm. right? We apply this practice, meaning we practice all of the things that come before 12, which Mm -hmm. is like... Leaning into something bigger, looking at ourselves and writing stuff out, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable and talking about it with people who you trust and are worthy of that trust, being willing to change thoughts and behaviors around what you've learned from that writing Mm -hmm. and then kind of go into a humility place where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to really try in these moments to ask for help when I feel like I'm going to act out in, like, ways that don't, that aren't Mm. great, right? And then... Make amends when that doesn't go. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And then seek healing for the wounds we've harmed. And going back to this guy, without going into details of the story, we had a hard time, he and I, in January, around Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. And because I knew I loved him underneath. Mm I didn't just write him off, mm-hmm. right? Cuz I it's very easy to to just disconnect yeah. if there's no love there, right? Yeah. And then we kind of got back to a nicer place. Mm-hmm. But then we had breakfast in July and we got to sit there and talk for, you know, like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and I would say 90% of the conversation on his end was around where he was at at the time we were having these issues. Mm-hmm. And what was going on with him and everything in his life at the moment. And it gave me such a different perspective mm. of what what's going on with him. But it also allowed him and I to come back together mm-hmm. in a real way where he could trust me to even tell me all of that stuff. Right. And then, you know, as we were walking out of the restaurant, I put my arm around him and I'm like, you know I love you, right? Mm. And to be able to come from a place of like, you know and when i say we were having a hard time we were having a hard time with each other mm-hmm. right and to come back to this place of love mm-hmm. and acceptance like i know i have my shit and i know you have your shit and i still love you mm-hmm. and we're going to not going to bypass that we talked about it right, right? but we had a better understanding of how to move forward with Mm -hmm. each other because we were willing to talk about it and say I love you and, like, move on. And then we had a few meetings after that based out of that conversation Mm -hmm. of how we were going to show up for each other. Mm. And to me, like, that is, like, the four through – it's all of it, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm applying the practice in that act Mm. of being willing to sit and listen – being willing to be vulnerable and share my end of what I thought, how I felt about stuff yeah. and risk that it was going to blow up all over. You know, like having a space yeah. to come together. I think that's also important. Like amends in, are not always like you just got to go fix it the next day. Sometimes right. the next day is not the time to fix mm. that. It took us a good long <laughs> couple months. Yeah. To kind of come back together to where we could sit down and have a really heart to heart, yeah. loving and respectful conversation with each other, knowing that we were going to come out the other side better for it. Yeah. Right. So, can you talk about how you've been applying this practice?
0: Yeah. So, on top of our friend, uh, I came back to a surprise ending of my like primary romantic. Yeah, my primary romantic relationship. And it completely blindsided me, right? And so I was like right back in number one. I was not okay. Mm -hmm. And I slept at your house for like a week. Right. Because I did not feel comfortable at home. I didn't want to be by myself. And you and dad were so gracious in holding that space for me. I think Dad wishes I was still sleeping at your place. Yeah,
1: he would be making you lunch right now. If he, he would.
0: Was there. He'd be making. He'd be cooking up some bacon. Some bacon right BLTs now. for yeah, everyone absolutely. with gluten-free bread. Uh huh. That's exactly <laughs> what would be happening. So my nervous system got wrecked from that. I think part of it was the timing, like coming back from this trip, already feeling like the lows of coming off the vacation high, and then and coming back into responsibilities and this and that. And then also having this loss on top of our friend passing, right? Yeah. And so my nervous system just like fritzed. Like I was completely nauseated for like a whole week. I could barely eat. All I could do was drink tea, basically. And, you know, people would come in to work and be like, Hey, how's it going? How are you? And I had to be like, good. How are you? And try to like not cry, right? And like take my 10-minute break in the bathroom to like cry, right? And then kind of pull myself back together. I also had therapy last week, which thank God I kept that appointment.
1: Me too. <laughs> I was like, we're still on for tomorrow. I'm like, so much to talk about. Please? Yes, please. Yep. And so that was also,
0: you know— You kept saying like, universal mother's taking care of you. And it took a few days for that to like settle back in to my consciousness, right? I came up with a sadness toolkit with my therapist that was super helpful. So we focused on like, biggest focus was primal needs, right? Like, am I drinking water? Am I eating? Am I sleeping? Am I bathing? Have I gone outside and gotten some sunshine? That's it, right? Basic, basic animal functioning. And then giving myself radical permission to feel the feelings and also just, like, exist in whatever was happening or coming up for me. Right off the bat, I wanted to, like, talk with her about we're going to meet again. Like, what questions do I ask? How do I, like, prepare for this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to rationalize it. And she's like, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, like, right now— Like, you're experiencing a trauma, and what happens when you're experiencing trauma is that your frontal cortex, like, the front part of your brain that's responsible for reasoning and logic, basically, like, shuts down. And so you're trying to make sense of something without actually feeling the things, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Without being in full capacity. Yeah.
0: And she's like, so I—you know, we can certainly—if you want to spend your time like that, like, we can do that. I'm happy to do that with you, but I also don't want you to, like, skip over this part, right? When, like, that's what your, that's the wisdom your body's telling you. And, like, if you need to sleep, sleep. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Like, your body has this wisdom. And mm-hmm. so if your nervous system needs to, like, take a pause, that's what needs to happen. Right? And so I did. I came home from work and just, like, passed out on your couch mm-hmm. pretty much every day for a week. Mm-hmm. I also, like, kept my side of the street clean. Right? I think in the past I would have been, like, really ruminate. Like, don't get me wrong. I have overthought the shit out of this whole situation, right? But I would have done it in a much less healthy way Mm. if this was, like, three or four years ago, Mm -hmm. right? I probably would have sent text messages, like, that were super long and drawn out and blah, 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 and I just would have, like, gunked up the whole thing. Right. And so I held myself back from causing further harm, right? I've had some nasty thoughts. I've had some less nasty thoughts, but I've just kind of, like, worked through them and— I'm trying to honor my internal universal mother and stand by how I showed up in that relationship, regardless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Not casting that away just because the circumstances have changed.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that what people lose sight of in situations like that is mm-hmm. like, what is my side of the street? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what is my part in that? And kind of goes back to even what we were talking about in the last episode around grace mm. and dignity, right? Like, how do I wa- walk through these really, really hard situations, the conversation I had with this person who, who we had a personal struggle with mm-hmm. uh, to come out come out the door saying, I love you, mm-hmm. to like rebuild and be in a really good place again. Yeah. And how do you go to through a breakup
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're hurt? And uh, often I will mask my hurt with anger, mm. right? And so where it seems like I'm angry, but I'm really hurt, mm-hmm. right? And so how do I not act out on that mm-hmm. visceral kind of bodily response to being hurt yeah. in a way that's retaliatory and not going to serve anyone, right? Mostly yeah. me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what I noticed was that you were really graceful with yourself and yeah. honoring what you needed at the time, which was like, you needed to be around us, not always mm-hmm. talking. Like I was trying to be respectful of like, oh, she's not interested in chatting about anything right now so like just just let her lay on the couch and and puzzles we're gonna do puzzles and we're gonna listen to a podcast and we're going to eat together and watch uh tony soprano and or whatever right and yeah or soccer Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother thing we'll have to talk Mm -hmm. about before we end this conversation and then you went you like I called you one day to check in on my way home, and you were home, right? And so, like it was okay, right? Yeah. And you went through the process that you needed to do without any kind of shame or whatever. Like, I think yeah. in the past you would not have admitted that you wanted to be around us, and you would have stayed here by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it would have like gotten darker, yeah. right? Where it was like, okay, I just need to be around people. Mm-hmm. And you are people. You're mm-hmm. like, we're your people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and because we are your people, it's like meals are made. Mm-hmm. And timing, like right. we could help you like. There right. was one
0: day where mom just put like a crepe in front of me because <laughs> she knew I would eat it even though I hadn't really been eating. And I ate the whole thing
1: because right. it worked. Right.
0: Right? I just, I would not have gone out of my way to feed myself.
1: <laughs> right. That day. Yeah. But you were going to work, and I was like, oh, the crate person's around the corner. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, come on. Yeah. So.
0: Nala was really happy because she got to be with
1: all of us. Nala was very. Because she was pissed off when we came back. She was,
0: like, lethargic. She was mad. She wasn't even giving me kisses or coming to me when Mm -hmm. I called her.
1: She was mad, mad, mad. Yeah. She's not mad anymore. She's a good girl she's back. Now. To, I think
0: she's back to normal. She
1: was not like spunky. Usually she comes and takes a treat from me and then runs into the living room to eat it. She was just like, oh, you have a snack? I guess I'll take it from you. And then moped her way back into the <laughs> living room with Yeah, I was like, knees, no zoomies. No
0: smooches. No. She wasn't getting hurt. Normally when we come in the door, she goes and gets this stuffed animal trout that mom got her <laughs> <laughs> and like she'll just carry the trout around, right?
1: <laughs> and she wasn't getting the fish. So we, yeah, everybody had their we stuff. We're all having we're feelings. We're all having feelings. So the last part of this is share our experience, strength, and hope with others, which I think is what we're doing here. Yeah. And also with each other yeah. and also with, you know, our other others, right? Right. Like, like we're still, I think,
0: We're still showing up for our lives and for our people in very commendable ways while we're going through all of this stuff. Right. Right? Like, I showed up for a birthday party and a concert, even though I really did not want to.
1: Right. Well, I'm showing up tonight for my ladies when my ladies started a meeting on Zoom, and it was Mm -hmm. just a small group of us. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been going because it's like Saturdays at 5 and I'm just now back out in the world doing my stuff and I'm just never available. But they're going to have a meeting tonight in person, which Mm. I'm really looking forward to seeing all these women tonight in person. And we're having a potluck dinner and, yeah, I'm, like, excited to see everybody. And that's kind of, again, you know, it's like showing up for each other. Okay, well, we have to make a potluck dinner. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is like again, going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning of this episode, which is mm-hmm. life is meant for living, right? So if we want a potluck dinner, let's make a potluck dinner. If we want to, like, there is a cost to doing mm-hmm. the things. And sometimes it's like, I'm not willing to pay the, the you know, the fee of time, yeah. energy, money mm-hmm. to do this thing that I know is really going to feel good and make me happy Yeah, because I think I don't have enough of those mm-hmm. three things to do that. Right. And I'm now of the mindset that there's always going to be enough to do those things. Right. I might have to say no to some other things mm-hmm. in order to make those things happen. Right. But I'm willing to do that.
0: Yeah. Right? And it's also a lot of asking, what do I want?
1: Yes. Which is over hard. and
0: over and over and over again. Yes. What do I actually want?
1: Me. Right. What do I want? Right. I do have to say, too, during this time, it's funny because I haven't really talked about how woo woo I can go sometimes, mm-hmm. but I can go woo woo and have psychic readings mm-hmm. and all kinds of whatever. And so, one of the women who does some things with me, sent me this meditation before, right before we left on our mm. trip. And so not every day, but mm-hmm. a lot of the days since the weekend before we left, mm-hmm. there actually came like the two days before we left. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I think I'd to it for the first time on the plane mm-hmm. or maybe once before the plane. But it's an hour-long meditation, which Mm. is a lot. And so because of the time change and my body's all wackadoodle anyway, I've been getting up earlier Mm -hmm. and I've been making that time to do that meditation in the morning. Mm. And one of the things in the meditation she talked about was like not uh, dealing with your stuff within 24 hours so that it doesn't settle into your body. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting thing because – Doing a meditation for an hour is a lot longer than I've been doing. And the first, like, few weeks of it, I totally (laughs) freaking passed out. Because her voice is very melodic, Mm -hmm. and she's also not— speaking a language that anybody can understand. Mm. And so it's like, and a lot of it's kind of sing-songy and she's from South Africa, so her voice is very soothing anyway. Mm. And I just like didn't hear it the first few times. But Mm. now going back to what I was saying is step 10 in that big book, Mm -hmm. they talk about things that you do in, in the morning and at night and the questions you ask yourself, like, where was I selfish? Where was I, where could I have done better? Yeah. And also, where did I do good, Mm -hmm. right? And so that you can acknowledge it right there in that day and then clean it up either that that night or clean it up the next day so you're not, like, re-spinning all of this behavior. It's, like, where you get to learn to spot check yourself. Mm. And I related what she was saying in this meditation to that. It's like, okay… Now, that being said, like grief is something that you can't just bottle up and go, okay, well, I dealt with that today and I'm not going to have any feelings around that tomorrow. It's like I could hear a song or I can see a a visual that will remind me of this loss we just had and it's going to bring up sadness, right? And so you can't control what the body is going to react to. I can say, I am sad but I'm not going to now go lay in bed all day, right? Right. I'm going to do what I think he would have wanted me to do, which mm-hmm. is like go love people and you know be a little crazy, yeah. live your life, and be unapolog- uh, really if nothing else, unapologetically who you are, yeah, right. And take the limits and boundaries right to the edge of being fired. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not take them that far because that's an uncomfortable place for me to live, but living life in the greatest capacity that we're Mm. able to live. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think the experience, strength, and hope with others Mm -hmm. allows people to share their experience, strength, and hope with us too. Yeah. But it requires us to be vulnerable. Yeah. Which most people are not very comfortable with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more people we tell about this project, the more people are like, oh, like I'm sober, or I'm an Al Anon, or oh, my kid is going through like the exact same thing. Like, how how do I lo- how do I help them through it?
1: Right. It's interesting when you open up about it because I'm not really that vocal about this podcast with a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I even on our trip, like we, you know, I finally shared it with somebody. Yeah. And she was so Nice about it and said, Oh, I found you. And if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, that was really nice. And I and she came and made a point to tell me the next day, I found your podcast and I'm going to listen. And it was really nice because I don't, I don't know, I just feel like I'm not really wanting to be so boastful about it or whatever. And yeah, I know I need to tell people in order to help people, right? Uh, can I talk about this morning? Are we sure. not, or wait, are we done with this? Do you want to talk about your done. sharing your experience, strength, and hope with others?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, again, like this podcast is definitely one way that we're doing that and figuring out the in person aspect of what's next will be huge for how I help others. I also really f- am focusing on not just skipping. 2 through 11 or 3 through 11 or 4 through 11 and going straight to the helping, right? Like I I'm still digging in and sifting through my stuff, like still being a little emotional archaeologist over here. And just because I'm going through this doesn't mean I can't also provide insight and comfort to my friends who are experiencing their own things too. Like I just had a really lovely chat with one of my good friends last night about what she's going through and you know, she reflected stuff back to me and sharing this practice and also providing hope to people doesn't have to be like a grand gesture either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It can it can be something as simple as holding space for somebody yeah. to share about stuff. And there's nothing to fix. Like I didn't, right. you know, offer any solutions, right? Yeah. Except for when she was like, would you do this? And I was like, fuck yeah, I would do this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I think that's it. And it also means like stepping up when you don't necessarily feel like stepping up. I mean, even though it's so funny because – I um, think of myself sometimes as a little introverted, which uh, most people don't think of me as, which I'm not in most ways. Mm -hmm. But if I'm in a social situation with a lot of people I don't know, I'm not outgoing. I'm not the person that goes up and just automatically talks to people and introduces themselves. I have to force myself to do that. And during this moment the other day at the office where we're having this celebration, One of the guys got up and quieted everybody and started telling a story. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, well, as the leader of this office, I definitely have to get up and say something, Mm -hmm. which I felt I needed to say. But it was also like, ugh, I have to get up in front of all of these people, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, most people find terrifying to get up and speak public speak. Yeah. I mean, there were only three of us who did it, right. but I did. And once I'm up and talking, I'm up and talking, and mm-hmm. it's like the switch gets turned on and I can do it. And I think it's because of the decades of getting up and speaking at podiums in various 12-step rooms over all this time telling my story. hmm But it's not natural Mm. to me to do that. Like I wasn't the one that initiated that sharing with everybody there. Yeah. So I think that sometimes sharing the experience, strength, and hope with others is not convenient and not always what feels good. Mm. It sometimes is inconvenient and Mm -hmm. scary. And doing it anyway allows other people to come up and… Be who they are with you mm-hmm. in a really beautiful kind of way. Like the armor comes off. Yeah. And the armor can look like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Gucci handbags, right? Mm-hmm. Or hoodies mm-hmm. or headphones mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like yeah. the way of protecting ourselves from the outside world. Yeah can look like a lot of things and so just being able to kind of disrobe from that and and say this is who I am Mm -hmm. with all of my blemishes and how I feel and what's going on really does allow other people to kind of like relax a minute and go oh because especially if you're being very honest about it like if you're bullshitting somebody and wanting to get them to tell stuff and also there's times where you have to say like I'm not gonna Talk about that. Like, I have mm-hmm. certain knowledge around all of what happened, mm-hmm. and when people question me about it, I'm not at liberty to always talk about all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's not my story to tell. Yeah. So there's also a part of me that does hold stuff back Yeah. when it's appropriate to hold stuff back right? without closing off and armoring up mm-hmm. again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like— when somebody tells you a secret, that's a secret. Mm-hmm. It's not your secret to tell. Yeah, And it's people's natural curiosity asking questions. Yeah, But sometimes it's my job to not answer those questions for the sake of honoring other people's ability to be honest and vulnerable with me. Right. Right. So I feel like sometimes I'm the um, like the client, like the attorney privilege right? mm-hmm. or the doctor privilege. Like there's some things I just can't share with other people. Yeah. I'm sure you feel that way too. And mm-hmm. there's sometimes where it's like I'm not going to share that even about myself with other people because right. like there's stuff I will say to you, but there's mm-hmm. some stuff I'll say to you or I won't say to you because I'm like I don't want you to take that on yeah. to feel bad or feel like you have to fix that part of me, Right. right? It's not your… Job to fix that part of me, and I'm not going to lay that shit on you. And I have done that in the past, but Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I think when you're really trying to like be here with each other, we we do that for each other, right? Yeah. Although I still do color for IT services.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the whole trip was like, how do we, how do we get from here to there on the metro? Oh fuck!
1: I was like, what
0: would you two be doing? If I wasn't, how would you do things? I would have read the signs. You would have, right. You would have read the signs and you would have gone to the ticket machine and you would have bought your ticket.
1: Also, Mercury was in Gatorade when we started and my phone didn't (sighs) fucking work for two days. Like when I left the hotel and didn't have Wi Fi, literally my map stopped working. All of any, like I couldn't get from A to Z with my phone, which I realized how dependent on my phone I have become and how stupid I am now. Like before yeah. I would have tried to just figure it out and really paid attention to how I walked places and noticed landmarks and how I was getting from mm. place to place. But it was hard for those first two days without my phone working. And then it yeah. started working again and it was like, okay, I can I can do this.
0: And I showed up. And Jackie, thank you late dude, in the first you. day. <laughs> showed
1: up. Yeah. Um, anyway.
0: And I would still travel with you again. Yes so
1: there yeah. you go what win hmm boop, boop boop
0: boop boop
1: yeah I'm gonna just give a, a non-promotional um, shout out to Backroads for taking mm-hmm. very good care of us yes. during this trip like where this is not a parade promotion but love the Backroads trip leaders mm-hmm. love the Backroads experience this is my third trip and it was freaking awesome yeah. and I'll do that again I love active vacations freaking crazy great yeah experience.
0: And going places that we wouldn't normally go. Yeah. Like when I think when when we travel we tend to stay in cities or like towns and like kind of you know hit the landmarks, hit the big Museums. touristy stuff. Which yeah. you do do on back roads you just get like a smaller taste of it mm-hmm. but like the some of the cafes that we stopped at and the roads that we took and it's literally like backroads. like it's the hidden gems that they go out of their way to find
1: yeah. for us. Super fun. And in
0: a way that we won't get lost. Yes.
1: On the on the roads, which we will get lost. Swedish there were a lot of you. There was a lot of U turns. <laughs> not a. <laughs> they were not like, so far down three. the road, but there were U turns where we were like, we're not on the path anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> but I felt very well taken care of, and mm-hmm. that was that. That there's a safety in that, and also the the idea of not having to make decisions for six days, just yeah. like everything is decided for you and planned for you, and here's that. your ticket to get on a ferry. Just get on it. The mental like, load is huge. Like not even having to figure out what time the ferry is mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. I'm going to be mindful of your time because I know you have to leave here. Anyway, all right. I, I met this, this person today at the coffee shop named Fish. Shout out ACFC. Mm-hmm. I was filled with so much joy around sharing how uh, Angel City Football Club has brought joy into my life. And I just want to shout out to Fish that I so appreciate the way that she shares their story. She, he, she, yeah, she has all the pronouns on her thing. So I I can say she, because I felt bad earlier and I was like, okay, I uh, just want to say thank you to the Angel City football team and club and management And social media for bringing so much joy into my and my family's life. I just love the sport. I love how you run the business. I love how you bring it to the community and make everyone feel like they have a seat at the table. It is the most beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And so, thank you today for running into you at my local coffee shop. And I just came into this day today with Jackie with so much joy and so much excitement and so happy. That I got to share what that meant to me through somebody mm-hmm. that's in the organization, and yay, ACFC again, non-paid, <laughs> non-paid. promotion. But go to an Angel City football ga- game if you can. Yes. There's only a couple of the games left in the season. Go, go, go!
0: And if you're not in LA, go support
1: your you local know team. your local
0: NWSL team or you know your local European women's team, right? Yes. Or wherever, wherever you, you are. are. Wherever you are, you probably have a women's team that you may or may not know about, and they need your support.
1: And it's a beautiful thing. And it's so joyful. That's it for us. Yeah. Drink water. Go poop. Yeah. Have a good day.
0: <laughs> Amen. We are all <laughs> miracles.
1: We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at... 12 steps for everyone that's at the number 12 steps for everyone
0: please like and follow us you can also send us topics you want us to dig into or follow up questions from each episode
1: and if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from our conversations please feel free to share this with them all are welcome here